Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. Protecting our innocence. So our theme is peace for today and this week. And last week we had hope. And we also learned that Advent is a time of preparation. And we're preparing ourselves for the birth of Christ, which we interpret as our own divinity, as our own spirituality. That's really what's being born, and right now we're preparing ourselves for that. This graph I used and built up last week, it's just explaining that the idea of Jesus Christ's birth may be seen as a one-time event, but spiritually speaking, it can also be seen as an event that happens over and over again. And we have this cycle there, you know, birth of Christ, the crucifixion, resurrection, ascension. We have the preparation period. We have uh, an exit kind of like from that endless cycle that's in Hinduism, Buddhism, and Eastern philosophy known as samsara. And then the exit into bringing heaven onto earth, nirvana or moksha. That's what we're doing. That's what we're learning to do. That's what it is all about. So the first advent, hope and faith, we established that we need to be able to imagine something that is yet to come into existence. We need to be able to imagine that there is something better within us, something better in this world to achieve. And then we establish hope for that. We hope for more peace in this world. We hope for less angst or fear in our own lives. We hope for many things. And, you know, as we started last Sunday, we invite you to take one of these pieces of paper, which are also ornaments, and we invite you to write down your hope. Hope is that which is not seen. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is already in us. The hope is that we learn to express that more and more. But whatever the hope is, even if it's something more human, like maybe getting a new car or fix up the house, you know, whatever it is, write it down. Maybe you hope for more love in your life, more kindness, less stress. Write it down and then hang it up on the Christmas tree. We must start with hope because without hope, there's no reason for us to change anything, isn't it? If we hope to do better, then we're often also willing at the same time to change the behavior that we have. 
Because if we don't change our behavior, probably things will not change in our lives, right? It's the same thing in the human existence and human world as it is in the spiritual world. If we want to be more spiritual than we already are, then probably something needs to change. It may not be a big thing. It could be very small. It could be maybe spend one more minute in meditation every day. Or it could be smile once more every day. Right? It's that change that we invite into our lives. Faith then builds upon that hope. We hope for something to change so that we experience life better, usually. We hope for things to change for the good. Well, some of us hope for other things too. You know, maybe someone to fall down or, you know, not hurt themselves too much or whatever. That, that kind of hope exists too, right? <laughs> and, uh, I hope to burn your, I hope you burn your lip on this hot coffee or something like that, you know? So the nastiness sometimes comes in too. Let's try to stay away from that kind of hope. <laughs> Let's try to focus on the hope for goodness, right? Because the other kind of hope keeps us circling in that endless cycle of samsara, of the birth and rebirth. But the hope for glory, the hope for love and kindness, that allows us to come become one with our divinity. So then faith builds upon that hope. Faith requires conviction. Hope doesn't require that. We can just hope for anything. Hope is not necessarily weak, but it's a starting point, but it's certainly not as strong as faith. Once we truly have faith, then there's no doubt about it anymore. Once we have faith that we truly are an expression of God, a part of the universe that we can change and, and bring into existence for the better of this world, once we have faith in that, no one usually can sway us one way or another. And even if we are challenged in our lives with um, you know, things that may not look like that they're helpful right now, that faith will still not go away. That faith usually stays. So it's strong because we hoped and we changed and we kept hoping and built upon that until we developed that very important faith. So the second advent then is about peace. Peace is an important element in life. In spiritual work, peace is central, especially in the Western world, but nowadays all over the world, we have so much that we think we need to do that it's very hard for us to sometimes take a minute and breathe and consciously choose to just stop working for a moment. Set the alarm and say, when it goes off, I'm going to go and get a coffee. I'm going to stop working and just close my eyes and breathe a little. Peace is often absent from many of our lives because we do not consciously embrace it or seek it. And this week is an invitation to change that, to change to find that peace because in that peace lies 
what we need in order for what we hope for to turn into faith, to turn into actual reality. The story, the shepherds and the angels, is a story that the youth and family ministry are going to talk about today as well. The shepherd and the angels is a beautiful story because it tells us a lot about what happens when something new, something spiritually new is born within us. And I totally forgot to choose someone to help me with reading the story. So now I have the choice. Shall I just pick some of you or shall I just ask maybe Queen to help me with that story? What shall we do? Shall we ask Queen? Queen is right here to help us with this story. Queen, I have it here. There you go. And Queen is going to read us this story just as a little reminder. And we have, I'll do the pictures and I'll do the, the script while you read. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the field. Keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of, Lord, of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known they had been told them what they what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had just as it has been told to them. Thank you so much. And uh, let's give her a clap because, like I said, she had no time to prepare. Didn't she a wonderful job, right? Thank you so much. So what does it all mean? That's the question, right? What does this story mean? Besides just the words that we read, besides the literal interpretation that we can easily do by just listening to the story, Angels, as you might remember, mean divine messengers. They also mean our intuition. And when an angel appears in a story, it's usually about us being able to tap into a little bit more than we usually get to, right? When you run around all day and we're doing all the busy things that we do, we often don't pay a lot of attention to what's actually happening. But when we come to peace, 
then we are much more capable of listening to our intuition. And that's often when those messengers of God or divine messengers show up. They may show up for some of us who are very visual in, in actual some form of appearance, but they may for most of us show up as inclinations, thoughts or feelings that just pop up because we give ourselves rest. Shepherds are the protectors. They protect the sheep, the flock, which represents us, right? Shepherds are protecting over what is innocence. We're protecting over innocence and fragility that newborn spiritual gift. The shepherds have a role. They're being told by the angels that they have to go to Bethlehem and have to be around the child that's wrapped in those bands of cloths and have to be there. And as protectors, the shepherds go and protect the baby Jesus, that child that is born. But when it comes to our spirituality, what could that mean? Well, it simply means that when we let bear or we bear something new within us, a new understanding, a new spiritual practice, something that we learned or inspired to do, something that we may have no, not ever tried to do, whatever is new is often very fragile and needs help until it gets strength enough to stand on its own. And in this story, that's the central point. When we prepare ourselves to let something spiritually come forth within us, being more loving, more kind, a new practice, something that changes who and what we are, then in the very beginning, it needs that protection. And those shepherds is our ability to protect ourselves. Think of it in simple terms, in anything you've ever done in your life. Have you ever tried something new, maybe change your job, and then you told someone, maybe a family member or a friend or something, and the first thing they did is what? Don't do it, right? Don't do it. Are you crazy? You have this high-paying job or this job security, and you want to go out on your own, you're going to crash and burn. We need protection from that. And the shepherds are those parts within, our us, within us that can give us that protection. And sometimes we may fail to see that we have the ability ourselves, so then we reach out to others, to our friends, to our spiritual friends, to our spiritual community, and say, hey, my family, my friends, they don't believe me that I can do this. Do you believe me? Can you see the Christ light in me? And can you help me to protect me from those influences? Sometimes we don't really need others to tell us that we shouldn't do something, right? Sometimes we become our own worst enemy. We want to change. We want to change a relationship, whether it's professional or personal. We want to change location. We want to move somewhere. And yet, we're telling us ourselves all these stories why that's a bad idea. And sometimes it is, 
right? But not always. So it's learning to hone in that shepherd. It's learning to bring in that angel to listen intuitively and carefully to ourselves. And then be aware that at the very beginning when we see something new and we want to follow something new, that it might just need a little help. And don't be discouraged, right? A baby needs a little help until it grows strong, until it learns the language, until it can walk on its own. It's just like that with our own spirituality. Don't give up. Be that spiritual gift. It's parents. Be the parents to that gift. And that's where Mary and Joseph come in. I talked about Mary and Joseph last week. Mary and Joseph represents the perfect balance between our intellectual understanding, our spiritual and intellectual understanding, and Mary's heart. The heartfelt, emotional, intuition, intuitive way of being. We need both. We can't just go out there and run around and be all heart because then we have no direction. It's just going all over the place and we get exhausted because we don't know where to go. We need direction. And understanding brings direction. It hones in the power we have and we allow the power to go in the direction we need. Understanding alone doesn't help much either. Right? Just because we understand something doesn't mean that we get to do it. To be intellectually enlightened, which I often call those who are satisfied with just reading a whole bunch of books but never actually do anything, what's that being said in the book, right? Um, that's where the Mary needs to come in, that feminine aspect, the willingness to put heart to it, to put feet into it. So both are really important. And then Jesus, here in this story, as a newborn, represents that spiritual gift at the very beginning when we first recognize and acquire it. But there's more. Here's a map from the Gospel of Luke about the Nativity story. And there's different points in this story. And uh, scholars and, and archaeologists and you know, a whole bunch of scientists, they kind of like mapped out where Luke says things have been happening. And I'm showing this map not to um, explain to you the whole story, but if you look at uh, 7 and 6 there, at the, the bottom there next to Judea, Judea, you see that Jerusalem and Bethlehem, it's a little small, are very, very close, right? Because in the, in the story, the city of David is mentioned. And you're going to ask yourself why. Because the angel talks about city of David, that's where the Savior is born, that's where the Messiah is coming, right? The promise, the, 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 the prophecy that we got in the Hebrew Scriptures. But the shepherds intuitively know to go to Bethlehem. Bethlehem is not that far from Jerusalem, it's about 10 kilometers, or how many miles is that, six miles, south of Jerusalem. But both have an importance here. Remember, the story 
that the gospel writers write are about convincing us, not necessarily just about one person, but about our own journey. Why would Luke put in the city of David? Because it's commonly understood that the city of David is Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, also commonly understood, is the habitation of peace. We must come to peace before we hone in the ability to protect the spiritual gift that is just born. Peace is essential. Bethlehem means house of bread. It's a Hebrew word, and it essentially means house of bread. House of bread. We translate that into where everything comes out into existence. When we hone in a spiritual gift, we have that rare opportunity to do whatever we want. That's the power we have. We tap into that infinite potential of infinite potential and possibility that we often call God, out of which everything comes into existence, and we take action in that moment. We move into that infinite potential, that house of bread, that substance, and then we bring that gift out of us. And because directions are important and locations, we can also say about this story that it all starts in the physical. It all starts with us, the human. And in simple terms, this means that when we get really busy around Christmas time, when we do this, the, the shopping and getting all the best deals that we can find online and in person, right? That's the time when we need to learn to stop and come to peace. That is essential. It starts with us, the physical doing of just stopping. And maybe if we go by a calendar like I do every day, Maybe we need to put it in the calendar and say, stop and breathe. Maybe you need to set your phone and put an alarm in. Goes off every two hours or so and say, stop and breathe. Because only then we can recognize the gift. And only then we can truly hone into the power and let the power come out and we give its protection, the protection it needs to grow and get strong. So putting it all together means we are on a journey of preparing, which is the Advent season, ourselves to let our spiritual gifts, Christ, unfold. We use hope and faith, which was last week, first Advent, to imagine how we can express our spiritual nature, again, Christ, more often and more clearly. Our intuition, the angels. Last week we had an angel. This week we had angels. Our intuition to not be afraid but rejoice. Protecting what we come to realize anew. That's an interesting sentence structure there. So that's when my Germanic stuff comes forward. And I don't clean it up before I present. So the angels really tell us, don't be afraid when you have an intuition.
but go for it. You know, take courage and go for it. And remember that at the very beginning when we try something new, it's a little bit fragile, but you have that quality of the shepherd within you and you have the power to protect it. And finally, we must find peace. First in the physical, Bethlehem, then in the spiritual, Jerusalem, to allow our gifts, Christ, to strengthen and grow. That's what this story means, right? Isn't that incredible? 2,000 years ago, almost, some person, Luke, wrote down a story about a person to be born, to be seen as the Savior and the Messiah. And we can now take this story and we can learn that this story may be just all about us to bring this alive in our own world. Paul then brings it together himself. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the Philippians, he has this beautiful verse, verses here, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. And he kind of summarizes the story here, if you see it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Always find that joy. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious. When the angel first appears to the shepherds, they were afraid. And the angel says, don't be scared. When we have an intuition about our own growth, of spiritual growth, to become more of who we are, we may be scared, and, but our intuition will give us the power and also the willingness to tell us, don't be afraid. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, be, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We talked about this passage before, thanksgiving, a big part of our spirituality. And then, most famously known, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. The peace that goes beyond anything we can possibly imagine, that will guard, protect our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It's the peace that gives us protection, the peace that the shepherds have when they take care of the flock. We can all make it happen for ourselves in every moment of our lives. And that is the story for today and this week's focus, which will be peace, both physical and spiritual. And as we move into meditation today, just take that in. You know, allow your intuition to come and fly high and remember that you, we all can come to peace at all times. So let us bring that peace into existence. begin with a deep breath 
as a symbol of entering this moment of meditation. And already you can imagine a moment of peace right here and right now. As you close your eyes and you calm within your physical and spiritual nature, you find that peace that passes all understanding prevailing through any thoughts and feelings and actions. From this place of peace, we now allow our angels to come forth. We bring forth that message, that intuition that we always wanted to focus on always wanted to hear, always wanted to feel. And for a moment we place ourselves in the role of a shepherd, being amazed at the appearance of an angel. We are that shepherd being amazed of the gift that is trying to come forward within us. And it may be scary. It may seem challenging. And yet, we're told and telling ourselves right now that at the end of our journey, there will be glory and joy. There will be the Messiah, the Savior, not in the form of a person outside of ourselves, but our own Messiah, our own way of being the Savior in our own lives. So we allow that intuition to flow. We recognize the peace, the physical, the spiritual. And we travel to that moment, that instance, when we allow that spiritual gift to be born. just like a mother and father would do, we protect that gift. 
with all our being. We give it the strength. We give it the comfort. We give it everything it needs to grow, get strong, to stand on its own. Once we allow that gift to grow and strengthen itself, we can settle into the glory and the joy that we find in our own divinity. No negativity will deter us. No thoughts and feelings of limitations will hold us back. And we move forward together as one. As Christ. And as the beautiful being that we already are. So let us give thanks to those angels in our lives, whether they're our intuitions or friends that tell us the beauty and the joy that we can experience. We give thanks to our ability to be a shepherd and protect what is dear to us. And we give thanks to that gift that has just been born. And we give thanks to this community, to ourselves, to our friends in this time of preparation to help us find that Christ within us. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.